I hope you enjoyed the first part of the show. Now for the second half with Dr. Bryant Speaks. Some other things to consider is trade work. You know, trade work, <laughs> you know, that's a field that is highly in demand, but never on the front of choices. You never hear a kid in elementary school saying, when they're asked, what do you want to do for a living? They say, I want to be a plumber. And you don't hear that. But it's interesting enough to know that if you are a plumber, a quite skilled one, you can do very well. Plumbing, electricians, construction workers are skills that will always be in demand. And that's what I try to say when you're looking at choosing a career or a job, choose something that will not go away. Do you foresee not ever having electricity? Now, we may change the way we have electricity. We're switching to all these LEDs and energy efficiencies and all that, but you can grow and evolve with that. I used to work in the field of technology. I did it for almost two decades and I understand things change, things evolve, but you can change and evolve with it. But having the foundation of that knowledge gives you that opportunity to get in the door. Plumbing makes approximately about $45 and for my research can go as high as $200 an hour. Same thing for electrician. Now, granted, I'm not talking about unions and all this other stuff. This is simply hourly rates, probably working for a construction firm or working for somebody else. But that's pretty good money considering where you may live. And now I'm not even referring to possibility of having your own business. That's a whole nother conversation and actually on another show. Then you also have the relation of being a contractor. So if you're involved in construction, well, it's also the achievement of being a contractor. And that's a really cool gig because then you start delegating and using that leadership and being able to facilitate work among more than just a few individuals to do something very profitable. Again, something to think about. You know, cities and counties all over are getting funded for veteran training. They are actually being given and granted money by our politicians and companies saying, hey, we're going to give you XYZ millions for you to have opportunities to actually get veterans the proper training they need so we can turn around and hire them. If not in the county, if not in the city, at least they're eligible for jobs out there in the corporate world. So go to your city, go to your counties, look at what kind of programs are there for veterans. You will be amazed. I know one particular city got funded $1.2 million. They had this open house and basically they enrolled everybody. As long as you were a general or honorable discharge, you were eligible. And they facilitated the process, got the application, got you in the program, and you literally could pick whatever you wanted to do that was on that list. And it was paid for in full. So if you wanted to go into coding and get in technology, training was there. And I'm not talking about just basic coding of one particular language. They had about five different languages available to you. 
So depending on the funding and how much, you could have probably been able to do more than a couple. Can you imagine being able to go to Cisco, Salesforce, Apple, or any big time tech company and saying that I am actually certified and trained in these particular languages. And then on top of that, you're a military veteran. I can almost see it that you would literally not only get hired, but you would actually be commanding somewhere between $60 or more. And that's if you're not a contractor. If you're a full-time employee, you could even do even better than that because now you're factoring in all of your retirement, probably stock options, and other things that the corporation going to throw at you. So you literally could be doing pretty well. And in about three to five years, probably bringing in about $80. And I'm not just saying this because I'm guessing. Literally, this was my field of work, and I know people who are doing somewhere around $107 an hour. I know that because that was me at one point. So it's not impossible. And that's not even just related to coding. You can get trained in project management. You can get trained in a series of opportunities going back to even the trade. So you have to think about what it is that you're looking for and what you want. And then keep in mind, you could always say, you know what? I've gotten enough experience. I've done this for a few years. Maybe I'll start my own business. That's a whole nother world that you can actually be, you can achieve a lot in. Because now you're talking about getting contracts, you're building relationships with people, and you actually get to keep the money to yourself versus working for somebody else and they're taking off the top. Now you get to manage your own money. So your income could do quite well based on the experiences depending on how good you are. So just think, you're a talented plumber, you're out there working for somebody else, he or she's giving you about 60 bucks an hour, but yet they're charging the client $100 an hour. Well, that could be your money. So after you get enough experience and you think you're talented enough, start your own business. There's programs out there for veterans starting their own business. I have another show that's going to talk about that exact thing and all the benefits and opportunities behind veteran-owned businesses, the contracting behind it, the opportunities, state level, city level, federal level. All of those are available to you if you choose to go that route. The only risk is you are your own boss, so how much work you put in is what you're going to get out. Now, this particular person that wrote me this letter talked about how he or she was not interested in law enforcement and felt that because of his skills with weapons, that was probably the only thing he felt that he could do. And I actually will have to say that's not true. Now, granted, you go to the academy, you go get your peace officer standards and training, post certification, but you don't have to just be a police officer or a sheriff on the street patrolling. There are so many different things you can use with your post certification. You go to post, it's approximately three months. It's a physical as well as mental education of understanding law enforcement, understanding those, you know, um, arrest methods, communication. You get all the standard stuff. But what you actually get to do is open the gate to other things, such as become a DMV investigator, go work for the state and be an investigator, basically uh, investigating uh, driver license fraud, California ID card fraud, registration fraud, dealership fraud. You know, there's so much of that going on just as an investigator. You got, again, state of California has, you don't want to do anything that's that intense, 
Go work for ABC, Alcohol Beverage Control. They do a lot of misdemeanors. They just go around the bars and give citations. I'm kidding, but that's part of what they do. So there's many other things by having a post certification that can open the doors to other type of jobs. You just have to understand and think about what it is you're interested in. I know when I was involved with post and getting my certification and going through the training, I actually in my academy class was working with somebody who did high end corporate security. I thought that was cool. She already had the job. She had a cert certification, but she needed to get something else for her to, I guess, promote maybe. But she was already involved with corporate security. They taught her how to drive, do evasive driving. They taught her all these different things. She got to travel a lot. So for somebody who is single and no kids and wants to be out there, corporate security is something to consider. And a lot of companies hire for that as well. I know depending on companies, they may have CEOs and very senior executives who require security as well. Um, I used to work for Kaiser. I'm never, I'm always open about where I've worked and where I've been. And one time I was on the airplane coming back from Miami. And as I boarded, I looked and I go, whoa, there's my CEO, Bernard. So I said, hi, Bernard. And he's looked up and he said, hello. And I said, I work for Kaiser too. I'm in a Diablo. And the funny thing is he actually lives in the area. Oakland and we're in the Bay Area so it was kind of cool so we actually talked I told him what department I was in I was responsible for that region and it was so cool but what I noticed is when I sat down my seat was right behind business class and right there in the business class which was just two rows you had you know first class had that whole front section then you had the little small section for business and then I was right there and I noticed the security guy, the executive security person for Bernard. So it was quite interesting that he travels with him wherever he goes. So again, options are open. You just have to understand and think about what it is you want to get out of it. Now, one of the challenges of being a vet, please understand, is that you mentally will have to assess who you are. That is something that you may not be aware of. So understand your capabilities based on your mental limitations. I, I, I pause because I wanna make sure I, I say this right without insult, because that's something that I wasn't even aware of. And so when you choose to go in different routes, think about who you are as a soldier, coming back, transitioning, and being able to actually adapt to that world. Being able to work with somebody who may micromanage you or being able to work in a structured environment. Can you do that? Are you able to adapt? Are you able to be around a lot of people? If you're a combat arms, some of these things are gonna be something you have to think about. You know, we talk about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's a diagnosed condition, which means somebody on an expert level had to be one to diagnose to understand if you have it. Until that happened, I didn't know. So that can develop after a person is exposed to a traumatic event. So therefore, you may go for years never knowing. But it is a very common condition for many veterans after military service. So just to give you an idea, some symptoms include disturbing thoughts, feelings, dreams related to events you went through, mental or physical distress, you may have difficulty sleeping. You know, it may change in how a person thinks or feels. A lot of this stuff I was going through, but I didn't click, I didn't understand, and there truly wasn't a lot of literature out there for me. So I want you to process all of this. Please understand I'm here for you. 
feel free to go to my website, drbryanspeaks.com. I have all sorts of social media that will allow you to get a hold of me. And again, I'm your host, Dr. Bryant. You are listening to drbryanspeaks.com. Please continue to listen to my podcast. I enjoy talking to you. I hope you're listening because I'm listening to you. Now, there are no more topics at this time. Be blessed and know that I'm speaking to you. But more importantly, someone is always listening. And that someone is not just me. enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also, visit his social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, all titled drbryantspeaks.com.